O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants. You have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible. The Psalms are the hymn book of the Bible. These Psalms were sung by the people of ancient Israel, and although the music is lost to us today, we continue to pray and to speak these psalms. These are the collective expressions of the human heart. There is a psalm for every human emotion. There's, uh, there are psalms that express joy and thanksgiving, psalms that express anger and defeat, psalms that express hope, psalms that express discouragement. You name the human emotion, and the psalms will express that human emotion and connect us to the people of God from generation to generation. We cry out to God with these psalms, these expressions of the feelings of the human heart. And so when we turn to Psalm 8, Psalm 8 is this wonderful prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude and celebration and praise of God. Oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so it begins and so it concludes with this praise. How majestic is your name in all the earth. I love you, Lord. You are great. You are wonderful. I praise you. I honor you. I glorify you. But then in between, the psalmist raises for us the question of why we should praise God and what it means 
to praise God? Why should we praise God? What does it mean to praise God? And so the psalmist begins by uh, placing side by side the babies and the infants and the enemies or foes of God, the babies and the infants who are lifted up and become a bulwark, a fortress, and the enemies or foes of God who are silenced. This is saying to us what Scripture tells us all the time, that those who are humble in heart, those who understand their weakness and their need for God, just like an innocent child, will be lifted up and strengthened. God will walk with them. God will empower them. But those who are enemies of God, those who think that they can do it on their own, who think that their power and their fame and their wealth is enough to see them through any situation. Those who are arrogant and haughty and proud, they will be brought to silence because sooner or later in a human life, our own resources will fail us. That's why there's this expression among soldiers that there are no atheists in foxholes. There are moments when we recognize that our own resources, our own strength will not be enough to see us through. But of course, what does society value? Society values the, the powerful, the rich, and the famous. We want to be somebody. We, we want to hold them up as our idols. We want to follow them on all the social media because they're somebody, and everybody loves a winner. But God says, those who are humble, those who are powerless, those who know how much they need the living God, those are the ones that God will lift up and strengthen. And for this we can say, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, that you are the defender of the weak and the vulnerable. You are the one who cares for the widow and the orphan and the stranger. You are the one that we can count on when we find ourselves at the very end of our rope. But then, the psalmist changes directions and says, you know, when I look around at the universe, at the sun and the star and the moon, at the, at the mountains and the deepest seas, I am in awe, and I have to ask the question, oh Lord, how is it that you are mindful of human beings, that you would care for us, we who are nothing but a speck of dust? In this word, mindful, the Hebrew word relates to the verb to remember. Who is God that God would remember us in all our 
nothingness, unimportance. There is nothing we can ever give to God. There's, there's nothing that God needs from us. There is no reason that God has to be in relationship or stay with us. And yet God chooses to remember us. God chooses to pay attention to us, to care for us. God is mindful of you and me and all that we are going through in any time, in any moment. And here it is if the psalmist is saying to us, if God is mindful of us, we should be mindful of God. We should remember God. We should pay attention to God. We should think about God. We should go through our lives being open to God all the time. We should be mindful, remembering God, not just in the midst of the church or worship, but every day, in every place, wherever we are. We should be attuned to the living God, and we should mind God. Not only remembering God, but also responding to whatever God would ask, to wherever God leads us, guides us, asks us to go. I remember when I was in seminary in my first year, I spent about eight months worshiping in a church on the north side of the city. And one Sunday morning, I got in the car and I was headed up to the north side, and I got this very strong sense, you need to turn the car, make a U-turn, and go to this other church. Now, my mind said, oh no, <laughs> I am not going back to that church, because I had visited it before. It was one of the worst services I'd ever been in. It was disconnected. Uh, the preacher uh, told seven stories in a row and sat down. It wasn't connected. It didn't relate to the scriptures. And my mind was saying, there is no reason in the world that I would ever go back to that church. And yet, there I am. And my spirit is saying, make a U-turn. Go to that church. Well, I let my spirit win out over my mind. And all the while driving there, I'm like, nope, 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 this is a mistake. And when I walked into that church, there was a new pastor who had been there one or two weeks. Because the previous pastor had had memory issues. They'd asked him to retire. The new pastor inherited a church that had lost half its members and all its staff and for the next two years, I was basically the associate pastor there. Sometimes, when we are attuned to God, when we are open to God, God will lead, will guide us in ways that our minds can't imagine. But if we are mindful of God and mind what God is asking of us, there are amazing things that can unfold before us. And so, then, not only are we to be mindful of God, but in a sense, the psalmist now says, and guess what? You have to be mindful of others and mindful of the earth. Because it now says that you human beings, you have been made just a little bit lower than God. 
and you are given dominion. Now, this word dominion is often debated because there are those who say dominion means uh, that God has given us the earth to use and to, to draw from. And there are those who say dominion is really about stewardship, that God has given us the earth to care for. Now, it won't surprise you that I think it's a middle position between the two, that I, I think God has given us the earth to sustain our lives, has given us the plants and the animals and the resources so that we may draw from it to sustain our lives. But at the same time, God has given us the responsibility not just to take, but to give back and to care for the whole of creation that it might be sustained in the way that God sustains us. When I was a youngster, one of my favorite TV shows was The Waltons. Yes, John Boy and Mary Ellen and Jim Bob and all those two named people and Grandpa and I think what I liked about the show so much was, of course, that they were a family who took care of each other and took care of their neighbors, and uh, they, they believed in God. And, of course, I loved the fact that it was set in the Appalachian Mountains and there was all this beautiful nature. But one episode, I still remember, as a youngster, really uh, surprised me and made me stop and think. Because, of course, the way the Waltons made a living was that they had a sawmill. And they would go up to these beautiful mountains, they would chop down trees, haul them down, and then they would cut them up for lumber. And that's how they made a living. But in this one episode, Grandpa is teaching Jim Bob, and Grandpa is planting saplings on the mountain. And Grandpa says, essentially, you know, we cut down the trees and we're grateful for that, but then we turn around and we plant new ones so that future generations will still have the resources of this mountain. That's it. God gives us the resources of the earth so we can have what we need to sustain our lives but God also asks us to give back, to give to others, to give to the earth, to be good caretakers, to be mindful of, to remember not just ourselves, but others in the world that God has given us. You see, there is this wonderful chain that we are to be mindful of God because God is mindful of us, and then, because we are just a little lower than God, we, like God, should be mindful of others and our earth. The gratitude that is expressed in this psalm is not so much being grateful for what we receive, for what we get, for what we are given, but the deepest gratitude is to be able to be thankful for what we are able to give. 
the ways we are able to contribute to the kingdom of God on earth, the ways we are able to help another life, the ways we are able to care for the earth, our greatest and deepest gratitude is found when we can say, I praise you, God, I thank you for what I am able to give without any expectation of return. That's being made in the image of God and living a life in the image of God. And so it is we are able to see our lives as a source of gratitude to God, that God is mindful of us, that God cares for us, that God gives us opportunities, that God lifts us up and empowers us and strengthens us, and we are able to cry out, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You know, I was thinking, If psalms were being written today and sung in the worshiping community, that the song we sang just a little bit ago would probably be today's Psalm 8. That the words of this song say what the psalmist is saying. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing 